Critical thinking is an essential skill for students to develop through their formal and informal education. The measurement of these skills is a challenge, especially with younger students. Several critical thinking assessments exist, yet there is a lack of valid evidence to support score use from such assessments. During this year's academic showcase, we caught up with Letitia Sternot, a doctoral student in educational psychology, and talked to her about a potentially better model, plus its implications for practice and future research. Education, news, and research. It's Education Eclipse from Washington State University. All right, here at the Academic Showcase with Letitia Sternod, and thank you for taking the time, first of all, to do this. Your research, the title of this is Critically Thinking About the Structure of a Critical Thinking Test. So it's a long title, but what does that mean? What it means is we need to really um, look, take a step back and think a little bit more about how tests that are measuring your ability to um, process deep information are really functioning uh, to ensure that uh, those measures are really um, telling us how well students are growing that capability in their brain. Obviously critical thinking, it, it, it's important, it has to be purposeful, it has to, uh, self-regulatory judgment is, is uh, key. Uh, I read a book a long time ago after my oldest was born and it was called Einstein Never Used Flashcards and it was talking about rote memorization versus actual critical thinking and how does that really have an effect in the classroom. What, what have you seen, even anecdotally, what have you seen? And tell me a little bit about how the research touches upon that. Uh, yeah, I think you're touching on something really important here is that to really grow our, our young minds and our students, we really want to be able to have them problem solve, um, tackle interesting questions, um, and really get engaged in the learning process. And so that root memorization that you mentioned, just recalling facts, um, is something that really isn't going to prepare our young children, you know, our, our kids for the future. And so what we need to do is help grow them to um, problem solve, bring different pieces together. And then, as you mentioned, self-regulatory, be able to do that on their own and, and be motivated to solve problems. You ever watch The Office TV show? Yeah. Okay, you know Andy Bernard? Yes. Uh, he, he went to a, a university. You may have heard of it. Do you remember what it was? Oh, yes. He did go to Cornell. Yeah, he went to Cornell. You know, in critical thinking, I've heard of this thing called the Cornell Critical Thinking Test, for example, and it, it was used in science ed to make a lot of decisions about persons and interventions and stuff like that. But it seems to be like old research. Have we improved since that time? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, we haven't actually. Uh, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because the Cornell Critical Thinking Test is something I've investigated and it's a bit dated. Um, it was a good model, that, uh, measure that was put in place back in the 80s, but since that time we've got a better understanding of, of what we really should be um, measuring with that growth in our young students' minds. And so we found that um, there's probably some better directions we can take for that. So I, it sounds like that, that really is what you're, you're after, the best model um, supported by theory and empirical evidence and so on and so forth. So what was your method for, for your research? What, what did you try and do? What kind of participants did you use and how did you, how did you go about doing the research? Right, so what we did is we took a sample of over 2,000 participants in a Midwestern state of some schools. Um, did a randomized control trial and really measured the development of their critical thinking while they were undergoing um, some science um, intervention um, teaching experiences. So they're actually in science education and we monitored their critical thinking um, over time in that process. It's so nondescript. A, a Midwestern elementary uh, whatever. Is it a secret? I mean, can you not say that or is it is it, I, I don't know what the rules of engagement are for this kind of thing. Can you not say what Midwestern yeah. state? No, I think it's best for confidentiality purposes that we don't describe the exact the exact place. But you could you could you could have a guess. 
Kansas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what did you find? Like, what were some of the results that, that you came up with? Yeah, so really what we did is we looked at um, using the data that we collected from those young minds and to model what is the best um, factor structure that's really demonstrating what critical thinking is and, and if it's operating. Uh, the proposed model by the authors back in the 80s was a four-factor model. Um, and this is the Cornell? Cornell um, exactly. So the Cornell critical thinking test, they propose four factors, induction, deduction, observation, and assumptions are like subdomains that measure critical thinking. What we found and what we thought was actually performed better than it did is there's actually a global factor of critical thinking, much like a global factor of intelligence, like a G-score, that's actually um, being captured by these assessments. And then there's some specific subdomains that we can tap into. Why this is important is that as, as science, as, we, as teachers, we want to be able to know and measure specific types of skills so that way we can have differentiated instruction. So if we know someone's not doing a little less well at their deductive reasoning skills, we can tackle instruction there versus spending more time on, you know, their induction skills. Yeah, I think it is. It's really difficult. We, we, want, we want to measure everything. Uh, in business, you have key performance indicators. There's always this, everything wants to be measured because that's how you can decide whether there's a good return on your investment and, and all that. It's, it seems hard to, how do you measure critical thinking, you know, skills? But I think it's pretty vital, you know, going forward. You know, something that came to mind, cognitive interviews, uh, is that something that is uh, of value? Yeah, particularly in this time of research, to really get a better um, handle on refining a measure like this, because there's some, there's some problems we need to address. Um, doing some cognitive interviewing with participants as they're answering those questions can get us better in insight into why they're answering a certain way. Because um, without really getting their anecdotes, we can't fully understand how the items are functioning. It's, it's hard. We can, can make our guesses, um, but if with a cognitive interview with an actual person who's uh, developing these skills could help us understand their thinking more richly than just getting a test score on that individual item. Moving forward even more, what do you hope with this research, and, and I, I will point out that this is done jointly, uh, I guess, co-research, Brian French and Brian Hand from the University of Iowa. Of course, Brian French is one of ours. He's the director of the uh, Learning Performance Research Center. And, and quite frankly, we all hate Brian right now because he's in Spain and we're here. Um, <laughs> but uh, what do we hope happens with this? Like, who needs to get a hold of this? Is it, is it state legislators? Is it other people, big U.S. Department of Education? Like, like who needs to get a hold of this so that, that we can use this? Right. Well, I would say that this is um, this twofold. One, there's more work to be done. Um, we need to develop a, a, an even better measure of critical thinking than the Cornell from back in the day. And then who needs to get a hold of this are um, the people who are going to be making decisions about what assessments are going to be put in the classrooms, and hopefully teachers as well, um, that they're in the forefront of really um, advocating for assessments that are going to really shine light on real student performance that's going to make a difference in student lives and their futures. Thank you so much, Letitia, for this. This is uh, fantastic. I, I hope it goes somewhere. I think being able to measure critical thinking is paramount to, to our kids having success. So thank you so much. Great. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to Education Eclipse, a college of education podcast from Washington State University.